Okay, good morning, everyone. It's good to be back, given a regular share. I want to thank uh, Lazy Bean Cafe, the Semsky family for uh, the chametz, and the coffee, which was probably kosher Pesach, but... Okay, this week, uh, it's very nice. I'm going to be able to connect, uh, God willing. Hey, when are you going back to Israel? Sunday. Sunday, okay. Have a good trip. Anyway, we were able to uh, connect. The, I love when I could do that. The Parsha, what we've been learning, Tefillah, that's a home run. The uh, five to one home run. So here we go. This week's Parsha, we have a double. Tazriya Mitzara. We know we focus a lot on this Parsha with Lashan Hara. Why Lashan Hara in this Parsha? We'll leave for uh, Shabbos. But we know that our opinion as we've been discussing from the beginning of the year, is at the end of davening, the end of Shemona Esrei, we have the practice in our uh, community, goes back probably to the times of uh, the Gaonim, to add a special tefillah that's not part of davening. That paragraph. Remember way back, the Gemara gives all these alternatives. So I figured this was a good week to uh, get inside a little bit to at least point out some of the uh, bullet points of what we're trying to think about as we leave uh, davening, the Beit Knesset, to the, uh, the work world, or to whatever we do after davening. Now, this applies to chakras, it applies to mincha, it actually applies to marav. At some point, I'll try to explain how particularly it applies to uh, the marav service. Now, that's the Gemara that you have on top that we've seen it many times. I gave you the English just so it'll give... Uh, you can carry it with you, put it on a refrigerator. I can talk to myself as well. But it starts with Marbre de Ravina, Marbre de Ravina, after saying the entire Shron Esrei that was uh, mandated by the Anshik Nesagdola, he wouldn't stop. He would keep going. He When he finished his Tvila, Amar Hachi, he would say the following. Now, it's an interesting halakhi question that we did deal with a number of years ago. I'm not going to get into now. What happens if. Uh, during his, uh, during the Elokein and Sarah Lashoni, the Chazan's up to Kedusha. So you know the halacha is you answer Kedusha over there, because it's, you wouldn't answer Kedusha during Sim Shalom, you just stay quiet, because again, this is not formally part of davening. There is a question, when do you say Yilaratzon? Do you say it before this tefillah? Do you say it afterwards? Because that's a special tefillah that our tefillah should be accepted. In uh, what I do, I don't know if everybody does this, but in many Sidurim, they actually don't have any of the arts girls there. You say it both times. You say it before and you say it after. But I think almost everyone says it before. And even during Chazar's shots, ideally, the Chazan should say Yilaratzon. If he doesn't, we're still going to let him get up the next time. So the very first line, Marjorie Ravina, Kahavi Messiah, Slusi, Amrahafi, Elokai, my God, which is incredible. We know he's talking to Hashem, but he wants to reinforce to whom this uh, additional tefillah that has become part of our tefillah, to whom it's addressed. So the first thing, that's what I'm going to focus on, mostly the first thing, first two things, is um, God, you should guard my tongue from evil and my lips from speaking uh, deceitfully. That's the way they translate it in the art scroll. They translate it here. I gave you a different translation from, what is that word, guile? from speaking guy, I don't know what that means, but we're gonna to try to explain it. Now, where, does, uh, where did Mar Bray de Ravina get this from? 
So it's very important just to understand. It's clear. That's what I'm going to show you today. It should have struck me earlier. But he basically uh, lifted this. This is AI you put into... Uh, I've been trying it, by the way, but I haven't come up with a good drusha yet. Much shorter. They usually come out like two minutes. And uh, I like longer drushas, but uh, Rabbi Strachler apparently did one in Rina. And he, he gave a drusha based on uh, AI. What's it called? The G... Uh, I have it on my phone. <coughs> Most things it doesn't respond to me, so it has a problem. It says we have no record. But he gave a drusha based on it. And he said there was only one word missing in there. It was God. Right? Because what do they do? This great brain, maybe I said it already, but I repeat things. It went through all the drushes and whatever parsha was, rabbis don't talk enough about God. That was his conclusion. It was very good. But anyway, we talk a lot about God. So, Elokai, where did he steal this from? Mabre Dravina. He stole it, but he borrowed it. And this is how davening connects. All davening connects. So it struck me a few weeks ago, and I've been holding it in, he obviously took this from David Amelach. He didn't have to come up with his own language. And he took it, and I'm going to show you how he took it from David Amelach. David Amelach, we say the Shabbos is part of Sukkot Zimra. Not every day. Tehillim Lamedalad, Mi Eshechavetz Chayim, Oiv Yamim Liros Tov. That's the question. It's a rhetorical question. Nitzar Lashon Chamei I'm reading you now from the Arts Girl Sitter on page 378. So if you look at it inside, It's more or less the same. But he, said, he takes away because David HaMelech over here is giving a prescription. Right? He's telling people what they should do. So if Mabit Bereder Avina got up and he said, God should protect you from speaking bad, it, it undermines the whole purpose of the tefillah. Because if you remember, the purpose of these tefillahs, this is the way Rabbi Salavachik explained it, everybody has their own issues to work on. All these Amarayim, they weren't perfect. They were trying to perfect themselves. We, the conclusion, obviously, the rabbis, is that we all need some work when it comes to how we speak. Definitely uh, rabbis, definitely uh, parents, kids, everybody in the world. So you'll notice what he did, he took the creative license to avoid any confusion, and he said, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. You know, sometimes you hear a great musser, and you say, wow, too bad Yanko Barrow wasn't here to hear it, which is true, but too bad you were here to hear it, and you didn't realize it's about you as well. So that's his idea. So what I wanted to do, I thought this would be the right approach, I wanted to go back to that original passage, show you how some of the Rishonim, Akronim, good, you know, super commentaries on Tanakh understood it, and then go into, back to the statement in the Gemara, and then see how the commentaries on the Gemara understood it. And I think we'll come out with not just the Shear, but with some important lessons of walking away. Like, what, what do we walk away with? And I'm just going to do the first part of this paragraph. So if you look at the Ibn Ezra, again, we're going back to the Tehillim, and I'm arguing, I think it's a pretty strong argument, that this uh, paragraph of Mar Bereder Avina, Mar means, Mar is the name of an Amora, who's the son of Ravina, is based on this parak of Tehillim. This is what inspired him, and this is what inspired, I think, almost the entire tefillah. So the Ibn Ezra says the following. The Ibn Ezra, who I usually look at first, Nitzar, what does it mean when he says Nitzar? God should guard. Amar, Hashem is speaking Likdoshim to the sanctified ones. Now, when you see this term Likdoshim, 
It's a very nice term because you think right away, you may think this doesn't apply to me. So they're very holy people. Now we're going to come up next week. That's why it's such good timing. Next week's going to be Akhari Mos Kedoshim. Parsha's Kedoshim actually applies to every Jew, even though it's part of Torah's Kohanim, right? We're all supposed to be Kedoshim. We'll have to define what Kedoshim means. Kedoshim on a basic level means we're supposed to actify, we're supposed to act in a holy way, holy as opposed to profane. So it's not just for the rabbis, it's just for the Kohanim. So it's going to be for all of us. In fact, we'll see next week, it's in Parsha's Kedoshim, where the prohibition, the Torah prohibition of Lashon Hara is actually spelled out. It's called Lotelech Rachabamekha. So that's in Parshas Kedoshim. People get a little caught up in Sefer Vayikra, and they think Sefer Vayikra, it is true, it's called Taurus Kohanim, but it's not just about the Kohanims. And that's going to be a big transformation that we see in these later Parshas. So the Ibn Ezra says, and I asked the questions just for the elite, and the answer is going to be no, it's a basic value. Hayira believe that we have some uh, inner stirrings, you know, we're, we're going through life having some Yeras Hashem, doesn't necessarily mean you're scared of God, but an awareness that God's involved in our world. So if you look at this, what he's saying is that people should hopefully reach this level, that we're careful about what they say and also what we do. He doesn't say anything about Lashon Hara. When you talk about Lashon, at this point, everybody reads uh, the Tzar Lashon Chamera, right away is Lashon Hara. I'm going to show you, it's not so simple. Because the mouth does a lot of things. It does a lot of positive things and it does a lot of negative things. Let's say you held back from complimenting someone. That may also be a mistake of the mouth. You know, a person, there was once a Hasidish Rebbe, I remember Rebbe Weiss told me this, he was called the Stiller Rebbe. He was no, what does still mean for you Yiddish experts, what? He was quiet. So that was his greatness. He only spoke when he had to speak. So there's nothing wrong with that. But to, to never speak, it would be nice. You don't run into too many problems. And some guys never speak, especially if their wives don't let them. But even when they're on their own, but if you never speak, you never get to do a lot of nice things to compliment someone. So when we speak about Natsar Lashon Chamera, because you know what the next Pasuk is, you have to look into everything into context. The next Pasuk in this Tehillim is Sur Meira Vasei Tov. So we'll get to that hopefully next week. He's not just telling us to keep your mouth closed, band-aid, you know, wash your mouth out with soap. But, so that's the Ibn Ezra. So you should, Kedoshim should be careful. The Malbim, I'm jumping ahead now to an Akron, says straight out, like, don't be so fancy. We are talking about Lashon Hara. That's what David, is, David HaMelech is saying. You don't want to walk out of here when you finish davening every day and say, there's nothing in davening about Lashon Hara. There is, on Shabbos, which maybe we have time to reflect on it more, and every single day. When you say Nitzar Lashon or El Kai Nitzar Lashon that's talking about Lashon Hara. There's nothing to apologize. You know, once you start saying we're talking about other things, then to a certain extent it minimizes what you're trying to focus on. So that's what the Malbim says. Then we'll read the Red Dock. What I'm doing over here is trying to help us understand when we say El Kai Nitzar Lashon what exactly are we, are we thinking about? This is, this is a basic understanding of tefillah. So if you look in the Malbim, Malbim's only a hundred or so years ago. A lot of people spoke Lashon Hara about him, unfortunately. So you shouldn't speak Lashon Hara with your, Lashon is your tongue. You shouldn't speak Lashon Hara. But then it says right afterwards, Velomirma bisvasav. Svasav are lips. So Velomirma, 
you shouldn't be deceitful with your lips. He doesn't really explain, but I'll tell you what I think he means. I may, I may be wrong, but I'm right, even if I'm wrong in this explanation. If you look into the Sefer Chavetz Chaim, he says there's different ways to speak Lashon Hara. You could speak Lashon Hara with your mouth, but with, with your tongue, but you also could speak Lashon Hara with different parts of your body. It's more obvious, you know, with your face, and I think that's what he means over here. You know, someone makes a comment. You didn't speak Lashon Hara. You come in front of court. I'll say, I never spoke Lashon Hara, but you make a face like that, or like, you know, a lot of different types of facial emotions. That's also Lashon Hara. Guy thinks, he, yeah? I was Yeah, that we're going to see. So that's going to be the interpretation of a lot. Have you experienced that lately? No, I'm not asking you. Okay. Because we don't want to do public slander over here. That will be Avak Lashon Hara, which we'll get to, which is probably the biggest issue that's going to be uh, next week. So the Radak has a very broad reading. It's a lot to think about, you know, as we're getting ready to figure out. Because uh, I know what a lot of us do. I hate to say it myself. I was at a Hasana last night. There were different minyanim to go to, you know, even at a wedding, the breakaway. So there was the Rosh Hashiva minyan. I realized I was going to be caught there. I mean, they're not giving the ranger scores at that minyan. But at the other minyan, that uh, already by the time I walked in, I knew the ranger were up 3 nothing. How do people find out? There was bad Wi-Fi service. But you find out after you go, you know, that's the perfect time. You say, maybe not. So it, this gives us a chance to think about it, especially if we dive in a little quicker. So while we're waiting, it's worth looking inside to understand. So the Radak says, it would have been 6-1 apparently, they called back a goal. I found all that out while I was dancing. So here we go. Radak says in Tehillim, beautiful, Nitzar, Now what he means here by Psukim is the way the Torah writes it. It's the two parts of the sentence of Going back to what I gave you on top, Michael, listen up. You'll see what happens. <coughs> so we're not just talking about Lashon Hara. We're talking about there's so much that we do with the mouth. The mouth that's just davened, holy davening. What uh, Mar is saying, Bar Dravina, let me take this mouth and pay it forward for the rest of the day. What we're saying is that, you know what I have ahead of me in the rest of the day? So many opportunities to do mitzvos, positive, or God forbid, no, no one's perfect, losases. Bedibor, with the mouth, uvmachshava, with our thoughts, uvmasa, with actions. And he's going to be very specific. So that sounds like Lashon Hara. You shouldn't speak bad with people. That could also be face-to-face. So it's not just Lashon Hara. What else do we include in this? Somebody gives false testimony. You know, false testimony in the most formal sense is in court, but it also could be, you know, you, a little bit of a sheker, a little bit of a lie to someone, which may happen in business. Right? During the day, you curse your father or your mother, whether they're living or not. Now, it doesn't mean you have to curse them with Hashem's name. Whether you have to, to violate it or not, it's not a great idea. To, you know, parents are a reflection of it. They don't act like God necessarily, but there's a, their connection to, to God. So he goes on to say, I told you that. Um, you know, you have negative things to say about authority. What he means over here, it's Sagi Nahar. 
definitely if you're going to curse Hashem. <coughs> Sometimes it says Birchus Hashem, but he didn't want to write Klalas Hashem. That's what it's called, Saginar. But it's also that you should take the opportunity to say Baruch Hashem, but he's focusing on the negative. Listen to this, Michael. I'm not saying Michael does this, but Michael, Chas Shalom, but Michael just pointed it out. You shouldn't be duplicitous. You understand what duplicitous? In yeshiva, in, in, we used to call this two-faced, right? Two-faced. You know the joke about it? I don't know, I probably told it already. Okay, but there's a guy, there's a guy has his, if I told it, my, uh, Kenny, you may remember I tell jokes sometimes, but that means it's part of my Messiah. But there's a guy, his uh, father says to him, listen, you know, I don't know why you're around, your babysitter should be here, but my partner's coming. Partner's coming over to the house. So, fine, partner comes over to the house and the kid says, the father says to the kid, you know, make yourself like you, no one sees you. But the father then gets a phone call and the partner's just sitting in the room. And then the little kid comes in and he sits on the guy's lap and he's looking at his face. He's looking up and down. He says, I don't understand. My father says you're two-faced. You only have one face, okay? So anyway, you see how word spreads. So that's what it means. Echad b'pev, echad believe. And then he says, ve'ilu hein tzvasai mirma. What does it mean when we say mirma? That's what mirma is, what they call here guile or, or uh, deceitful. I don't know what article translated. Listen to this. Shalom didaber echad b'lev echad b'peh. Shemirame eschavero shemidaber lo tovos. That's with a vav. That you appear to speak friendly to your friend. V'choshe belibo ra'aso. But inside, you actually hate him. It doesn't mean you're necessarily speaking bad about him, but you're not being upfront with him. Now this needs to be a little bit analyzed because what's better? Let's say you don't like somebody. Is it better to let them know that you don't like that? So it happens to be that according to the Ramban, and that's what the Radak is saying, the answer is yes. I mean, assuming it matters in the real relationship. If it's just somebody outside, maybe no. That's what he means. If you look later on, he says, The Ramban has the position, many people follow this, but they don't necessarily do it the right way. If you feel something about someone and you want to repair a relationship, you can't just say, oh, everything's great. Everything's great. Everything's great. I mean, it's true in a spousal relationship. It's true with parents and kids. Everything's great. Everything's great. Sometimes you have to fight it out. How you fight is, uh, is a reflection of Mido sometimes. So this is a lot to think about. I mean, this is all in El Kainat now, if you flip over, we'll just do a, a little bit. I think I have uh, three minutes. These eight, ten guys aren't around anyway. But if you look, there's very interesting Safer I should have known about before, but it just became available on the Bar-Ilan program. I, I pointed this out also because the week of Yom HaShoah. You know, it's incredible how much uh, Torah was lost besides everything else. The Nazis, I've spoken about this many times on Tisha B'Av, they wanted to destroy Jewish books, as we see in Kristallnacht. But they also tried to save a lot of Jewish books. They were building a library. That was going to be the historical uh, memory of the Jewish people. So they made the Jews in Vilna, which had one of the most famous libraries and others. There's been a lot of literature about this. The Vatican had the same practice, you know? What the Vatican has, what the Vatican doesn't have. I don't know if Raiders of the Lost Ark, if the Lost Ark is in the Vatican. My sense is no. We have an Israeli soldier. Someday he'll go on a mission and find out. But we know that Vatican for sure has manuscripts 
of Rishonim, medieval commentaries, that in the, through the Crusades and later, I have a, a cousin, he, he's a Rosh Hashiva in uh, Cleveland, tells Yeshiva, Baruch HaRashvel, he wrote, a, he had to spend the whole summer in the Vatican. He got exclusive rights to the Rabbeinu Parachia, who's a commentary on Arisha. And then he came to Zundel Berman to sell it. You know what they said? You're the second guy they gave exclusive rights to, because last summer we gave it to someone else. So there's a whole, read about the Vatican money. So this Rav, Rav uh, I'll end with this and we'll continue next week. I just found the Sefer, which I should have known about before. I've seen it quoted called the Kovat Shitas Kamay. What this Rav, who survived the Shoah, Rav Alexander Shalomayer, Ben uh, Rav Mechil Unger, Youngerman did, is he took collections of works that were done going back for a thousand years. And many Rishonim, and he organized them. The reason why it's so important is many of these manuscripts were actually lost over the years, but only because of what he saved and he created this collection do we have them. So when he comes to, I'll end with this back there, but when he comes to, um, this is how I know that they've been saying Elokim and Sarla Shoni for th- more than a thousand years. I didn't see the sitter of Rav Sajikon. We do have today part of it, but I don't think this is in there. We say, and that's what I wanted to highlight, it's a bakasha. It's not just a statement. We're requesting that before we leave davening, Now the obvious question that's going to come up, we'll discuss next week, is this something that we should be davening for? I mean, it's in our power. Like, you know what, it's one thing to daven for health. It's one thing to daven for uh, parnasa. These are things that we know we're not totally in control of. But how we speak, that should be something that's in our control. So what are we looking for, a miracle from Hashem? So hopefully next week we'll explain it a little bit more. We'll tie it into Parshish Kedoshim and a couple more lines in this tefillah. <laughs>